Can you hear me? <laughs> hey, everybody, it's Nick. Hola, Nick! Just wanted to take a few minutes to let you find folks know how you can contact us. You can find us on Twitter at the It's Too Wordy One and on Instagram. Just look for It's Too Wordy. We also have a Discord set up, The Haunted Log. If you like what you hear, maybe considering throwing us some of your spare change. Maybe some of your hard-earned loot. Maybe some stuff you find in your car cushions. Who knows? Anything will go a long way. And you can do that by visiting our Patreon page at Patreon backslash HouseBTS. Thanks for listening. Hope you enjoy this episode. This week on It's Too Wordy, another Ninja Turtle knockoff. Welcome everybody to It's Too Wordy, the comic book podcast where three buddies discuss comic books from their childhood and today. I'm Kirk. I'm Ryan. And I'm Nick. How are we doing this week, guys? Okay. Yeah, it's been a fun week. Yeah, it's alright. <laughs> Short week this week, guys. I thought you'd be more excited. No, it's not. It's not really, because I have to work Friday. Friday. So yeah. Everybody's like, yeah, you got a three-day week. I'm I got like, a three-day week. My piss wife. off. Yeah, Teresa's like, I got a three-day week. <laughs> I've got a three-day week. <laughs> piss off. <laughs> so this show will be brought to you by Nick and Kirk today. No, just kidding. Alright, so this week we're going to be discussing Ray number one and the geriatric gangrene jujitsu gerbils! Alright, so we want to talk about Ray first? Yes. Yeah. What'd you think? I liked it. The art is amazing. The story is post-apocalyptic, which I know you don't care for. I liked it. I really enjoyed the book, honestly. It was really good. It's a it's a cool take on Ray. Yeah. Um, this is my you, first introduction to Ray, so I like it a lot better than the old Valiant stuff. It's a lot better. He kinda I thought it was like bloodshot. He was like another bloodshot guy. Because they have the white body with yeah, the that's red what I th- stock. That's like what I thought. It them. confused me a little bit, but then it explained it in the book what he was and I was like, Okay, cool. I thought that Ray Jin, the boy Gave me like a young apocalypse, son of apocalypse kind of vibe when I looked at him. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, I like that character. So I was like, okay, it's kind of cool. What'd you think, Ryan? I like the humor between the two. Yeah. I think that's what saved it for me. The art is amazing. Just not a lot to build on yet. No, there's not. So he's kind of like, yeah, I'm not sure where this is going. Let's see what happens. But where he's sitting at the counter... Just chilling, and he's out there kicking like, everybody's butt. He's like just talking to the bartender because you know bartenders are supposed to be, and he's not paying attention. The guy's not even paying attention to him. <laughs> I didn't like the flashback scene either. No, no, I don't remember the flashback scene. It's like when he get was younger and with his oh with his, or his woman. wife or oh whatever. that was a younger. I thought he was just dreaming. Well, yeah, I thought it was thought like a, okay, maybe, maybe I misunderstood it because I took it more as a, like a flashback. To, oh, okay. No, because she says, wake up. Oh, that's right. Yeah. 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 No, otherwise, I mean, it went, picked up the second incarnation of Valiant. I got all of them. And Quantum Woody was my absolute favorite. Oh, yeah. I couldn't get into the this character at that point. 
Um, I found that I got into like Shadow Man, Quantum and Woody. I think there's one other one that I really got into, Archer and Armstrong. Mm-hmm. But he was one of those characters I just couldn't get into. And I think I went into it with kind of like a uh, mindset. Mm-hmm. But like I said, the, the humor helped this along for me a lot. Yeah, I wanted to broaden my comic book horizon, learn about a character I hadn't learned about. And this helped. Yeah, absolutely. And I think I'm going to keep, I want to get issue two and see how it goes after issue two. So I'll probably wait on your feedback on that before I go out and pick it up. Sure. Just, because, I mean, if it continues with some of that joking and stuff like that, yeah, absolutely. I'll go, I'm going to go pick it up and check it out. But if it goes completely left, I'm like, yeah. Why can't it go completely right? I was trying to get the give the left-handed people out there something to cheer for. <laughs> Joke felt dead. All right, so what do you give it, Nick? It's a, f- uh, I want to say a four, but I'm going to give it a three and a half. I want to see where it goes. Not a big fan of post-apocalyptic stuff. I mean, we've seen it before. Uh, it's, I was we, thinking three we, and a half. We saw this movie with Jean-Claude Van Damme called yeah. Cyborg. Mm-hmm. Same thing. It is. <laughs> but this is better. I'd go three. I don't know if it's better, but yeah, it's <laughs> not just kidding. <laughs> it's a three and a half. I can't go four either. All right, so we're going to move on to geriatric gerbils. Geriatric gangrene jujitsu gerbils. Well, he said he shortened it in the front page, so. Issue three is geriatric gerbils. Okay. I looked that up. <laughs> is it issue three? I think it only went to three issues. It did. Before it died? Yeah. Yeah, no. I think I've got the first two. <laughs> so it's crazy. So when Ryan gave me this, it's okay. I, I don't need it. <laughs> I noticed right away the on the cover the price tag on it looks exactly like Ninja Turtles number one. Yes, yeah. And I was like, did he rip that part off from it? You come to find out he worked with Eastman and Laird, and he asked for permission, and he asked for permission. So that's why it looks exactly like a Ninja Turtles. Yeah. I was like, one. that looks like Eastman and Laird original Turtles. I'm like, huh? And then Nick's like. You gotta read the the, uh, the the first page. You said last page, but I figured out that it was the first page. No, the last page. Not the last page, but... Oh, it is the first page. Huh. Where he says... Uh, he wanted to prove me wrong. Where he's like... <laughs> just stop making Ninja Turtle knockoffs. Yep. But he's making one. But he's making one, yeah. And he references everybody. First, we should probably say who we're talking about here. Tony Balascato, right? He's the guy who created this awesome issue and the funny thing is he was actually known for his puppeteer or puppeteering really yeah this is he wrote this and some children's books that's he had like one other thing too but i mean for the most part if you look him up he's known for his puppeteering with uh like sesame street and stuff it's interesting yeah okay (laughs) wow this amused me you know the thing with the turtle knockoffs is nobody took themselves seriously right they all had their own sense of humor about stuff we saw it with the hamsters see it with the gerbils i like the one guy that's asleep the whole time yeah is he asleep or is he dead (laughs) is he dead (laughs) spoiler issue two he wakes up oh okay 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 Okay, good and he's like arnold schwarzenegger terminator like okay yeah i was like maybe he's dead i i must have dug this book because i didn't have a I, i read it really quick and i was like not like, oh my god, there's still more pages. Oh my god, there's still more pages. I must have enjoyed it because I read it in like 15 minutes. And I still remember the story. So, 
He's jumping a ledge. He goes through the window. <laughs> he goes through the. I still made it. <laughs> no, we'll just take the stairs. We'll just take the stairs, and then he goes repel, trying to go rappelling down the elevator shaft, mm-hmm. and it breaks. And they're like, "Stairs? Yeah, of course." <laughs> this is just a lot of fun. It was fun. It, I think the part that does blow me away is that price tag, like you mentioned, but it's not because it looked like a turtle knockoff. It. A dollar fifty for a book that was published back in the mid eighties. In eighty six? Yeah. Yeah. That's the part I'm like, this has got to be more current than that. And I look it up, I'm like, really? Wow, that's you know Yeah, I'd say it was a good way to end Ninja Turtle knockoff month. Yeah. It was a good one. It was a good one. Yeah, the art was great. Yep. The story was funny. It's black and white. Like the old turtle books. Yeah. I lucked into these and the three D hamsters and something about koala bears and samurai cats. I, I found like a stack of them when I was putting books away. And I'm like, yes, please. And yeah, I've enjoyed every single one of them. So awesome. good stuff. All right. So we all give it a thumbs up. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. So who's our D-lister this week, Ryan? Because we didn't get time to get to him, and there's absolutely nothing about geriatric gerbils out there for a D-list character. And Ray was very difficult to come up with something shorter and yeah, sweeter. Which version? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I looked it up, and there's like four versions. I'm like, no, thank you. So, one of the characters we did not give any love to, Boris the Bear. He first appeared in July of 86, and he was created by James Dean Smith. It was the second title published by Dark Horse Comics. It also served as a intro for Wacky Squirrel, who apparently got its own cult following. Early issues centered on parodies of industry trends, where Boris disposing of characters resembling the turtles. You see Ojimbo, Yojimbo, Seabrus uh, the Aardvark, Adolescent Radioactive Black Belt Hamsters, Hamster Vice, Transformers, Marvel U, Swamp Thing, and Batman even. There was a little bit of a revitalization with him about 2007. But, uh, yeah, if you run across those, check them out. And, because there wasn't a lot of history for Boris the Bear, I wrote down some other turtle knockoffs that we should give some love to. Right on. Samurai Pizza Cats. Great cartoon. Extreme Dinosaurs. Battletoads. Biker Mice from Mars. Cowboys of Moo Mesa. Avenger Penguins. Stone Protectors. Punk Frogs. Mighty Ducks. Cyborgs. Swat Cats. Street Sharks. The preteen dirty jean kung fu kangaroos, naive interdimensional commando koalas. That was the one I got. Genetically modified punk rock pandas. I want that book. Mildly microwaved pre <laughs> kung, kung fu gophers. Oh my god, Sul- is that real? That's yes. Real. Oh my god. Sultry teenage super foxes. Adult thermo- thermonuclear samurai pachyderms. Immature radioactive samurai slugs. And not to be outdone, cold-blooded chameleon commandos, which I also have. That is quite a list. That is a list. <laughs> yeah, I kind of want the slightly microwaved. I want all of them. Yeah. I just... <laughs> awesome. I will track them down. They shall be mine. Okay, Ryan. What do we got going on the at the shop this week? Um. Okay, we're done. All right, good job. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, the big sale, uh, by the time this was released, it just happened this last weekend, but there probably will be a few more sales coming up. You know, we talk about comics all the time, but I can't emphasize enough. 
that this is also the place to go for vintage toys. They have quite the selection of original Turtles. They have original Joes. They've got a massive selection of Star Wars figures, original and anything that's come out since then. Yes, they do. I look at them every time I go in the store. It's one of those deals where you go into that store and you sit there and realize, I love that toy. I didn't remember that toy until I saw it. Now I need to buy this toy. Is usually how it works. Great selection of pop figures, superheroes, figures, everything. Definitely go in, check them out. They have sales going all the time. Just keep your eyes open, watch Facebook, and they'll announce those sales. Awesome. All right, it's time for everybody's favorite segment. Did you echo my voice again this week? Yes. <laughs> the Random Reads! <laughs> That's how Nick feels about that every time I say it. <laughs> he has to pop a beer. How many? Oh, yeah, that's a good face. Yeah, you should make that face with that. I got three. You got three? Four. I've got three. I'll go first. The first one I got was Hazel and Cha-Cha Save Christmas. It's a little early, but yeah, it's Umbrella Academy, and it's focused on Hazel and Cha-Cha the Assassins. Oh, okay. All right. Okay. All I can say is that this book is nuts. Hazel and Cha-Cha are told that they can't use weapons of mass destruction any longer because they there's too many time corrections and too much paperwork, and they're tired of filling out the paperwork when they screw up. And then they're trying to figure out if Santa is real. It's like this deal that Santa has with the parents. Once the kids reach 10, they become the parents' responsibility, and Santa pays them, and then the kids under 10 are his. So they have to believe in their kid. The kids have to believe in Santa until they're 10 years old. And then they transition into the adults having to take care of them. Kind of nuts. And it's the whole series. The whole issue is them trying one kid trying to prove that Santa is real. And it's really good. It's just nuts. It's if you've watched the show and you've seen Hazel and Cha-Cha, these guys are nuttier than the guys on TV. I really enjoy it. It is awesome for a one-off. And if we're still doing the uh, Christmas specials, I would have saved it for then. But <laughs> are we doing? You said we were doing crossovers. Crossovers. No, that is a top ten list. Crossovers. Oh, okay. We can do crossover month. Okay, we'll do crossover month. I we'll, we'll do, do crossover Christmas month in January. In January? Sure. Crossover month crossover in January. Month okay, so I'm. Well, technically, this is coming out in December. They're setting us up to December first. So this is the first one. If you love Hazel and Cha Cha, you love the Umbrella Academy. I highly recommend you pick this up. This book is a, a five. I enjoyed it from the time I, I started reading it all the way through to the end. The art seems a little off to me. It is. I, I'm but not it's complaining. It, I'm, getting, I'm liking it the more I flip through it. If it's you, just initially, I was just like, whoa. Um. If you if you read the Umbrella Academy, the the trades, that's the art style of the trades. So Which I've not read, so yeah. good to know. But no, I mean, I, I like it. It just... It feels very, it, when I first opened it up, I'm like, huh, okay. But the more I look at it, I do really like it. It was really good. I enjoyed it. I'm glad Nick told me to do it instead of him. Because I was like, you want to do it? And he's like, no, you do it. You've read it. And I'm like, I just watched the show. Okay, I'll do it. And I was like, I enjoyed it. 100%. It's a good book. Good Christmas book. All right. The next one I want to talk about is Exo Manowar by the Sword. Is this the 
first. It's volume one. Volume one. The the volume one. But not the original Exo Man of War. No. No. It's like the fourth incarnation of Exo yes. Man of War. All I can say is I want more. There's another one over there. Okay. I enjoyed it. The art was fantastic. The story was really good. How it was the Visigoths. Mm-hmm. And they got abducted by the the aliens. And he gets returned to Rome like 16 centuries later. Mm. And he's fighting with FA-18 Hornets. And they're not doing anything to him. And then, yeah. Just, I highly recommend it if you haven't read ever read any Exo Man of War like I hadn't. This is perfect to pick up. I loved it. You're an Iron Man guy too, right? I like Iron Man. Just check out Exo Man of War and Iron Man. Okay. Yeah, there was a video game. Was there? Yeah. On the on the Sega Saturn. Yeah, I really enjoyed that. I read that in like 45 minutes at work. It took we you longer sore. to read Shirtless Bear Fighter than that? Well, some pages only have like three words <laughs> on Three them. words on the page. And, and one of them's boom. Yeah. So, yeah, it was really good. I enjoyed it. I gave high praise to Bertless Share. Shirtless, Bertless, Bertless, share fighter, shirtless bear fighter. It's Sonny coming back from the dead to fight share. Thank you, bud. Appreciate it. Oh, um, take that out, please. No, nope. oh, it's got to stay in there. Copyright Ryan, 2019. The last. Oh, I hit puberty today too. Hey guys. The last one. The last one I have is Marauders number two. Have you read it? Nope. But go ahead because I didn't get it. Alright, so basically it takes off from the end of the last one, where they decide that they're going to be the Marauders, and it's Esme, Mindy, it's the Cuckoos, and they're on the astral plane talking with Emma, and they're telling her that this isn't, something's not possible, they they just drop you in, right? And Emma gets upset, and she says, we, you know, we need to stick together, and she's like, all mutants are one on Krakow, and she goes, she goes, no, us women. We need to stick together. She goes, I gotta go. The Black Queen, the Black King is here, right? And so it shows them talking in London about how the Black King is in so much red that he's in trouble and that he needs to stop. He's running the pharmaceuticals that cure the diseases from Krakoa. He's supposed to deliver goods to the countries that are aligned with them, and then he's running another part underneath the table on the black market. Well, the shipments that are supposed to go to the countries in need aren't making it to the countries and they're being all being sold on the black market. And Emma's like, we're teaching you a lesson that you need to stop and take care of the countries in need first and then continue with your black market exploits. And they're talking about who's going to take over as the Red King at this point. And... Then you cut to a scene where they're destroying Shaw's ship and Bertrock the Leaper shows up because he's the one who stole the drugs for Shaw and is trying to get him to some rich country club in, in America. And the group, the gang is taking him down. One guy says, here, Kate, I want to dance. Let's dance, girly, right? And he's trying to stab Kate. And so she grabs him and puts him in a pressure point hold. And starts dancing. He's like, a lady shouldn't be captain if she can't dance, right? And she's just twirling him around and throws him off the boat. <laughs> and then Bertrock tries to parlay with her, saying, hey, let's just say it sank and we split the split the uh, the cut, right? And she's like, 
no. And she takes him and throws him off the ship. So you think she's throwing him into the water, right? Into the ocean. But she just throws him into a raft. And they steal the ship. Or they sink the ship with the that was supposed to go to the country club. And then Pyro and Iceman are trying to sell the ship to the highest bidder. So, because they need to make money. You cut back to Shaw and Emma. And Emma's like, I've already picked the red, the person to wear the red. I would pick before you were brought into this whole situation. Sorry, it's not going to be one of your trollops that you're sleeping with that you're promising to wear the red, right? And he gets upset. And then you cut to Taipei. Kitty's got a drinking problem, which is a big story on the internet. Why has she got such a drinking problem? And they meet Bishop in Taipei. And they decide to go get tattoos. This kind of veers from the point of the story here for a little bit. And Pyro does the stupid thing and gets a full face tattoo of a skull on the front of his face. Okay. Emma calls Kate back to London because it's time to have a meeting with Shaw. And she says that Gateway is there to take her to London and the other people to take him to the new boat. We'll talk about Gateway in a second because there's a little hubbub on the Twitterverse this week about it. And I want to get your opinion. And... So they see the new boat, and they're like, are we stealing? We have to steal this boat. And Kate's like, no. This is our new home. This is the Marauder, and it's a huge yacht. Fully stocked yacht, right? And so you cut to Shaw. Kitty's got the nice pirate coat that she wanted, that she stole from a tattoo artist. And she goes, I'm going to get some boots. And then she goes to her meeting, right? And Shaw's getting pissier and pissier with Emma. He starts choking her, and he calls her, he goes as far as to say, there will be no Red King, you bitch. Shut your mouth. Yeah, hey, you hear, actually, and then it's one of my favorite panels of the whole book, is Kitty Pride holding a bottle of alcohol with her red jacket with the tassels and the boots, and looks like a pirate, right? And she's got Hold Fast tattooed on her knuckles, and it says... I'm the Red Queen expletive, because we have to keep it PG now. But, yeah, this is, like I posted on Twitter, this is my favorite book out of all of them. This is the one I'm going to read every month, because it's got the Hellfire Club, and I love what they're doing with Kitty Pride. Of course, she's my favorite favorite X-Men. So, that's what I got. highly recommend you guys pick it up. My question is, you want to do yours, and then we'll do... No, please. Then we'll wait. Okay. There is a little fervor on Twitter, and I'm not sure if it was done purposely or it was an error with the printing, but people are losing their stuff because Gateway is white. Is white. <laughs> no. <laughs> his hair is wrong. Do you, do you think it was and done on purpose or it was a printing error? I don't error? think that's the same Gateway. You don't think it's the same Gateway? Okay. Well, the I, Gateway, for, the Aboriginal Gateway, yeah. he used to have to use that stone yeah. and he would still. Okay, so is but he just got... opening it up? Because he doesn't have it in his hand. No, he's just opening it up. Right. So is that the same gateway, or is that somebody else? I'm not sure, and I'm going to be honest with you. If it's not a printing error, I can understand why people are losing their stuff. But I actually didn't catch it, what they were talking about. I read it a second time yesterday just to go back through and see what I missed, because there was all this thing going on. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I guess he does kind of look white. Well, he had kind of, yeah, dreadlock yep. there. Before now, he's just like gray, he look, and he looks like an old white man. Yeah, so maybe it was on purpose. 
maybe that's a clue for something to come. It could be. I'm not sure, but I could see. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it. That's why I asked you guys. Is it something to get offended offended about? I'm offended by Iceman's spikes. That offends me. It's too phallic. Pyro's skull tattoo on his face. Yeah, where's the pee on his chest? Yeah. That, defend, that offends me that he doesn't have a pee on his chest. I, I'm just asking because I, I feel like I'm not in the know or anything like that because I didn't catch it until I read the second time through. Pyro has a skull on his face? Yeah, a tattoo on his face. There's some parts that I'm not so fond of, but the story is going in the right direction okay. so far. So Okay. I'm, I just thought that that might have been some clue for later that they... No, that's just the dumb okay. dummy getting a tattoo on his face because he's drunk. I could see it being... Or they could say it was the lighting of that particular page where it looks like his skin pigment is off a little bit. But the more I look at it, I don't think so. I would say it was done intentionally and not to cause controversy. But I would also say this, that it's possible that they read about the character but never researched the character. That could be the case. Because how long has it been since Gateway has shown up? It's been like the 80s, right? Or maybe they just wanted to throw George Lucas in here. (laughs) (laughs) They could have. Yeah, that could be it. Or Nick Nolte. I I have spoken. Nick Nolte a little bit more. Nick Nolte? Yeah. I don't know. But, I, like I said, it took me till the second read through to figure out why everybody was losing their stuff. Uh, well, here's another theory. Disney Plus just came out. Maybe they're making a gateway TV show, just like they went the Nick Fury experience, and they're adjusting it to the comics. That would not be fun. <laughs> I need that to go here. <laughs> I need to go here. And it is Nick Nolton. He's like, I have spoken. Yep. Gateway confessions, like taxi cab <laughs> confessions. <laughs> So, I, I I guess I shouldn't feel bad that I wasn't offended. No. I'm like, am I just not, uh, Am I? is it because I'm a Gen Xer and I just don't care? And we're used to gender swaps. We are. This is a new story, new, you know. It's a new, uni- it's a whole it's a different new take. universe. Right. It's, it's not take. the original universe. So, it could be somebody else. I was just yeah. happy I knew who Gateway was originally. Okay. All right. So, that's all I got this week. Cool. Yeah. Okay. I'll go. So, I was doing the episode for last week, and I wanted to find a theme song for the end, and I was scrolling through, and I came across one, and I was like, I haven't thought of that since the 90s, since I had an old Nintendo, and I used to watch horrible anime. And How horrible? So I came across the GoGo13 theme song from the old cartoon, and I love that song, because it's awesome. So if you haven't heard it yet, go back to the old episode and listen to like the last four minutes. And I remembered that I have issues of GoGo13 in a drawer somewhere. And I was like, oh my god, I gotta read those. This book, it is probably the cheapest made comic I've ever had. It is, it feels like it will fall apart from the oils on your fingertips. Oh my god, that's an awesome comic book. It looks like it was Xeroxed. Because oh my god. Yeah, it does. It, it looks like a... Look at this. So, oh, wow. it's like the ink is falling off. And, but it is a lot of fun. He gets... So, if you don't know, Gogo 13 is probably the world's greatest assassin. He's the greatest sniper, kung fu artist, whatever, right? He gets hired by a guy who works for the Securities Exchange Commission for $100,000 to exterminate a guy that can control the stock markets just by talking about them. So, if this guy's like, uh, Apple sucks, Apple will fall. So, he lines up the shot, and this shot is insane. We'll talk about how, how far it is at, at the end. Right, so he 
he gets the shot off, kills the guy. Police, well, he kills the guy. His cartridge gets, he gets scared by a cat up on the top of this building. And the cartridge falls out of his hand and into the street. And the cops find it. And they're like, okay, so that's too far away for him to shoot from there. Because they're, they're lining up the hole in the wall and then, and then in, the, in the window. And they're like, there's a building 300 yards that way between two buildings with crosswind. He's like, you can't make that shot. But they go and investigate it anyway. So they go to the hotel. Golgo's still sitting there. He's like, he keeps looking at his watch. Like, if you're not going to arrest me, just let me go. I got a, I got a plane to catch. So he's acting really cool. They're like, I know you're a freaking scumbag. And I know you killed this guy. And we're going to prove it. And so they get the, the analysis of it. And they're like, we'll never get this to stick in court. When we do the math in court, they'll never believe that this guy pulled this off. So the shot is 200 to 600 yards away with a 20 mile per hour crosswind with a bit with a scope that you can't even see the building through is he martin riggs from lethal weapon he, so they're like we can't convince a convince a jury so he goes free if you played the game i could never get past the first level because it made no sense to me when i was in fifth grade but maybe if i pick it up again i'll probably enjoy it second one charlton bullseye number six the first appearance of thunder bunny thunder bunny this book is like an acid trip. So it's, oh my God, how do you describe how epically dumb this is? So <laughs> there's a Just planet. Say it's epically dumb? There's a planet of animal people and they are going extinct. So their planet's dying. So they're like, oh, well, we need to continue somehow. So we're going to give one person in the universe the power of our greatest champion. They find this kid and I thought it was going to be another Green Lantern book, but it's, it's like Shazam meets Green Lantern. Because they give him the power, but they're like, okay, you have to think of the champion and you can become him while you slap your hands together. So it's Captain Marvel, the Marvel Marvel, and he turns into a rabbit, but he doesn't know he turns into a rabbit until he sees himself in the mirror. Yeah. Um, What year was that book made? 82. I was going to say, if it was the 60s, it would have made sense if it was a psychedelic trip. There's four more stories in this. I can't even read them. Then I picked up Phantom Stranger number five. This book. Holy crap, this is from 1970, and I've read a lot of DC, and during the 70s, holy crap, if you don't know slang for the 70s, you are not following this book. What you mean, blood? Beatnik slang. I dig it, yo. Oh, God. So, dig it. Dig it. There are five characters in this. Their name are Spartacus, Wild Rose, Attila, and Mr. Square. They're teenagers. They're beatnik teenagers who love jazz and like to party. They find a dead man on the beach who disappears, right? So they find his body. Somebody comes along. Body's gone. They're like, oh, maybe this never happened. They go to a swinging party and the dead man shows up. But so does the phantom stranger and woman named Tala. She's the goddess of chaos. And then it you feel like, okay, you're like, okay, is this going to be like the phantom stranger and Tala are telling the story through these kids? Like an episode of The Twilight Zone where Rod Serling would be like, and tonight we have, you know, like being a presenter of the story. No. <laughs> like this book went all over the place. So the dead man shows at the party. He wants to hook up with Wild Rose because Wild Rose is the hottest girl in the, in the room. And it comes out that the dead man has been like breaking hearts and he's irredeemable. But for him to go to heaven... Somebody has to cry over his death. 
which they're like, nobody's going to cry over you. Ouch. And Wild Rose does. So he goes to heaven. And that's the end of the story. Once you get past having to read the crazy slang and being like, man, those that late 60s must have been one hell of a time. I hate, I hate those shit. beatniks. Those hippies. It's, it's not bad. I mean, it's worth reading. But there's a guy in here that's uh, called Dr. 13, and he's constantly like, oh, well, you just walked out of the crowd. You didn't really magically appear. Oh, and then he just magically walks into the crowd and disappears again. He's like, you have no magic. And it's like, Jesus Christ, how much time do you... Ah! How much does he have to prove anything to you? But, um, yeah, Phantom Stranger. It's it's weird. It's, it's pretty weird. <laughs> I actually just read a Brave and the Bold Phantom Stranger Green Lantern issue today. But... Yeah. Yeah. I forgot how much I enjoy Phantom Stranger. Yeah. If you ever find them, just pick them up. It's, it's pretty fun if you can get past the weird beatnik kids. The really bad Scooby-Doo kids. That's all I got, so... All right, what you got, Ryan? Well, you guys mentioned last week that we went to a comic show on Sunday a couple of weeks ago and got 50 books for 20 bucks. You guys got, what? 100. 100, yeah. And there's plenty there. I could have gotten a little bit further, but I decided I'd call it good where I was at. You're a good boy and stuck to the budget. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I didn't. One of the books I found, in one of the last books boxes I looked at, was Nat Rat the Movie. If you ever have an opportunity to read this, have somebody pay you to do it. Because it's not worth anything. <laughs> okay, good. I'm glad. I'd, I was going to be like... And then you're like, don't read it. I'm like, good. So, the I didn't make it all the way through it, to be honest. It, it got really bad. But it is apparently this superhero that had a movie made about him. But it wasn't... It's like black marketed movie. And he's just trying to trace, chase down getting a copy of this movie. Dumb. Stupid. I made it halfway through and I realized that my life is more valuable than reading this. So I stopped. So don't read it. I'm glad I got it cheap. The next one I got was Garou the Lone Wolf by Bare Bones Studios. This is only a two issue run. This was interesting. It is a monk who has been charged by angels to fight werewolves. And he's supposed to kill the werewolves, but it goes against his religious beliefs to kill anything. And come to find out that he himself is a werewolf, and he's battling the church, who is a cult full of werewolves. I only got the first issue. Unfortunately, there was no second issue that I could find. Pretty interesting stuff. And at the end, probably the best part is... That one of the angels said, okay, now we got to go kill him. And it was Lucifer. So I'm like, oh, okay. So I will be on the hunt for the second issue of this. Possibly. Don't know if I'll ever see it again. <laughs> for those that have listened for a while, no, I'm a big 2099 fan. Picked up 2099 Alpha. This is kind of an introduction to the new 2099 world. So Spider-Man 2099 got sent into the past to talk to Peter Parker Spider-Man. And it leads into Peter helping build a device that can show the outcome of anything from any of the dimensions on what's going to happen. And he's trying to find a way to power it so it doesn't take nearly as long. And so Miguel, the 2099 Spider-Man, is like, we need this device, otherwise our world's crumbling. And Doom is manipulating everything in the future, which is kind of funny because... 
Doom in the future, 2099, is the Doom from present who went to the future. But so I'm trying to figure out how all that works out from the original Doom 2099. Spoiler alert! <laughs> well, it's from the original 2099. That was early 90s. I don't think it ruins anything at this point. If you haven't read it yet. <laughs> Were you planning on reading that? No. Fantastic. No, I was not. Not now. Not <laughs> Yeah, not now. Thanks, Ryan. <laughs> but there's a part where Doom has the Watcher, and he can see through the Watcher's eyes of everything that's going on. And they kind of introduce Ghost Rider 2099 in here. They're just kind of leading up to it. And, uh... The Terminator? Yeah. Um, yeah. The one that looks like Terminator. And then the robot from Fantastic Four, Herbie. Herbie. Looks like it's Herbie. Mm-hmm. Goes into a bar, and these two guys are going to, like, rip it apart and take its parts. And he keeps on saying, have you seen my mom as friends? And they don't tell you who this woman is, but she comes in, and she's all Clint Eastwooded up, you know, the long uh, duster, and a cowboy hat, and the guns, and blasts the one guy. And uh, they walk off into the sunset, which, and this rolls into Fantastic Four 29, which also came out this last week. I have not read that yet. It looks like Nick Spencer's got a good grasp of how 2099 is going to work and how it kind of matches up with the previous 2099. So I'm going to be interested to see what where it heads. Finally, I picked this up because the cover was just awesome. He-Man and the Masters of the Multiverse. Did you get it? No, can I borrow it? Is it worth it? Let me finish my review and you tell me. Sure. <laughs> this is something else. It was not my cup of tea. I could see how a true He-Man fan might get into it, but pick it up, flip through it, make a decision. You'll be able to make a decision without reading a piece of it. I'm probably not going to stick with it, but it was a cool cover. Check, just, I guess, flip through it and see what you think. Because I don't want to give any spoilers on it, since somebody here still wants to read it. But it crosses okay, all... I don't want to read it anymore. Nick's face gave it away. <laughs> you saw the page, didn't you? I saw a character that I never want to see again <laughs> in my life. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Yeah, I got to that page. I'm like, no. 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 Let's see if uh, Kirk can figure out which page it is there. <laughs> mm, yeah, right there. Quizlore. The dude from the movie? Was. Yeah. You know, Orko not. When it's saying it's crossing the multi-universe, it's I'm, not kidding. I'm okay. Okay, with that being said, there's one that looks like a, there's a He-Man in here that looks like a pop figure. Yeah. Apparently, the He-Man that's going to save the universe is a blue guy. This book is just whack. So, if you're a He-Man fan, maybe check it out. I like He-Man. I couldn't get past this this book. I've liked the other previous He-Man incarnations that I've read. This multi-universe thing has clearly crossed a line that I'm not willing to go. Okay. I have one more review of Atlantis Attacks. Oh. My Please. review is... Don't read it. I could have told you that, but I want to see if you would. I made it halfway through. I made it to the X Men book in there, and I was like, I can't read anymore. This is horrible. Why did Why did I say I'd do it? So yeah, don't pick that up. The end. So you have you guys watched the latest season of Toys That Made Us? All I have left is pro wrestling. That Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle one. Mm -hmm. Definitely check that one out if you haven't watched it because it gives you a little bit of a history to this that you didn't have a clue about and how two guys that decided to draw 
and write a book about Ninja Turtles created a universe that spawned all these horrible knockoffs. Yeah. That's the truth. Millions of dollars worth of toys. And to hear that initial story of how, uh, what's the company that made it? That made the uh, Playmates. Playmates. Playmates went with these turtles and how Toys R Us was demanding more. It is an amazing story. But they didn't like the turtle shells. The tails. The tails. The, yeah. The, they I, didn't I, like I, the tails. I can understand that. And what's super cool about it was uh, it's Eastman and Laird. Laird, Laird actually stopped talking at one point because of how the stuff shook out with this. And they met up again in this and the toys made us made that happen. Mm-hmm. Which is super cool too. Sonia cried. Yeah. I couldn't it, believe it. She was like, I can't believe I'm crying, crying at this. You but it's such a cool story. It's a cool story. No, that was my favorite one. You need to check it out. <clears throat> it's really good. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I agree completely. They did a good job a, this season. I want them to do a sequel of like toy, uh, Transformers and GI Joe. I like. I think there's so many that they just they skimmed over. Mm-hmm. I'd love to see them go back and touch on those again. Yeah, it's a good show. So this week on the list, we did our top ten toy division villains. I'll go first. I couldn't find many that I knew. <laughs> so I did number 10, Slash. Number 9, Foot Clan. Number 8, Lord Dreg. Number 7, Karai. 6, the Tritera- Triceratons. Number 5, Baxter Stockman. Number 4, Rocksteady. 3, Bebop. 2, Krong. And number 1, Shredder. Cool. These are in no specific order. Because <laughs> you can't really, I don't know. I couldn't do it. Um, Baxter Stockman, Bebop, Rocksteady, Krang, Leatherhead, Metalhead, The Foot, Shredder, The Rat King, and The Triceratops. I couldn't put them in order because they're I just, just... I just threw them in at a number. Ryan can. 10, Slash, 9, Rat King, 8, Foot Clan, 7, Baxter Stockman, 6, Leatherhead, 5, Rocksteady, 4, Bebop, 3, Shredder, 2, Olopex, and 1, Krang. Nice. We watched a lot of it this weekend. So if you wanted to watch Ninja Turtles. Yeah. Awesome. The old cartoon, not the Did you ones. know, having watched the toys that made us, that the first Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is the highest grossing independent film of all time? What? You don't say. Because <laughs> for some reason, no movie studio wanted to touch it. Anybody got anything else? Yeah. I do. I do. But Fantastic. I'll let Ryan go. No, you go ahead, Nick. No, I, I think this one is maybe Ryan will really appreciate. Okay. So I read, um, actually, there's a couple. So I read The Power of Stardust, the webcomic. I read the first issue of it, or the first whatever. You can't really do issues with webcomics, but it's insane. It, <laughs> It's crazy. It's got so many like public domain characters in it, like um, the Black, Black Terror, The Power of Stardust. Okay. He created Phantoma, right? And he also made Stardust. But Oh, yeah. We talked about yeah. him the other day. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. So there's a whole bunch of characters in here, and they, it's nuts. You got to read it. It's, okay, it's crazy. Check it out. Then Sophie and I watched Scooby Doo and Batman: Brave and the Bold. Effing amazing! I hate Batman, but I love Batman: Brave and the Bold. I love Diedrich Bader as Batman. You got to hear how many people are in this cartoon: Detective Chimp, Martian Manhunter, Aquaman, The Question, Black Canary, Plastic Man, Harvey Bullock, Riddler, 
Catwoman, Killer Croc, Clock King, Scarecrow, King Tut, Deadshot, Crazy Quilt, Mad Hatter, Mr. Freeze, Firefly, Cavalier, Music Meister, Egghead, Funhouse, Bookworm, Kite Man, Harley Quinn, Poison Ivy, Ventriloquist, Two-Face, Joker, Penguin, Georgia, Bane, Blockbuster, Weeper, King Cobra, Zebra Man, Mrs. Manface, Babyface, Eraser, Polecat Perkins, Simon the Pie Man, Hammer Toes, Catman, Sportmaster, Sweet Tooth, Mirror Man, Killer Moth, Mr. Camera, Dr. Double X, Ten-Eyed Man, the brand breathe gaggy mr polka dot your atomic man Clayface, robin batgirl nightwing ace the bat hound <laughs> how long is that show it's about <coughs> a hour and a half scooby-doo movie once i saw detective jim i was like oh my god and it's awesome you gotta watch it okay check it out sophie's watched it three times but that's all i got but yeah go check it out it's free right now on on demand it's crazy and it's funny i've still got a lot of the old scooby-doo movie ones so yeah, okay. I'll have, to, I'll have to see if I can track that one down. All right. So wanted to throw this out there. Saw this in a discussion in one of my groups. Which classic comic book covers do you consider to be the most iconic? Um, we'll say three, because Nick could go on for years. All right, Nick, you ready? <laughs> yeah, I'm ready. All right, so I'm gonna go Amazing Fantasy number fifteen. That one is what I can. It's pretty much the start of everything the next one is dark phoenix saga x-men number one uncanny x-men number 135 and uncanny x-men number 141 days of futures past when wolverine and kitty it's kitty pride and it's in front of all the people who are missing and slain yep those are my three favorite cool so mine i i figured we would have the same one on here but we didn't so sensational she hulk number one where she's like, buy my book or I'll come over to your house and rip up all your X-Men books. Yep. That is amazing. Alpha Flight number three, where it's black and white and it's got Aurora. Nice. With the with the white tubes around her. I didn't her. even think about that one. And classic X-Men number 39, where it's Wolverine versus the Hellfire Guard. And he's lifting them up and they're just scared crapless. Uh, it's amazing. I went a little more traditional. Action Comics 1. Okay. okay. I had so many cover swaps on that one. It's mm-hmm. ridiculous. Green Lantern, Green Arrow, 76, where Arrow's shooting a lantern out of Green Lantern's hand. And, um, oh. Power in, Pack number one. Infinity Crisis 7, where Superman's holding Supergirl. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I thought about that, I was thinking, what's the true sign of an iconic cover? When everybody else steals it. And yeah. you see how many cover swaps mm-hmm. where yeah. they've taken that and done that. And with, like, uh... So one of my other goals is to collect all the cover swaps of anything from Green Lantern. And so I'm tracking those down as well. Okay. I, I got to find fun. something to keep on. Yeah, you got to. You got to get towards the end. Get towards the end, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's good discussion. Cool. Anybody else got, you got anything else? No, nothing. Okay, well, have fun. Read more comics. And we'll see you next week. It's been Kirk. Brian and Nick. Oh, and uh, don't forget to subscribe if you like this episode. Go online and give us a review. And if you do like us, check out our Patreon page because you can get early access to shows now. I I get them posted on Saturday and they come out on Sunday. So you can get a whole week's worth for $3 a month. You can get all of our episodes. It's like 12 to 15 episodes before they come out. Yeah. It's a pretty good deal. deal. That's a good deal. So. If you like us, go ahead and check it out. Yeah, and if you don't, 
Keep listening anyway. Keep listening anyway. It's free. It's free. All right. See you later, guys. Will somebody please do that boy? Come on, ride, pick the cat. Oh, yeah. Who do you call when you want some pepperoni? Come on, ride, pick the cat. Right on. They're standing up crime, and you know that ain't baloney. They're speedy ceviche. He's the leader of the bunch. A heck of a fighter makes a heck of a bunch. And little polyester, who's never afraid of going into battle with the bad guys they say. Catrino and Toby, a wild romantic rover. This cat gets down, down with a love hangover. Here comes the Superman.